The Crescent City is always full of exciting affairs. Award-winning journalist and social media influencer Casey Ferrand has entertaining conversations about the people, places, and events in the greater New Orleans area so you can stay in the know. Here's your host, Casey Ferrand. All right, thank you for tuning in to In the Know with Casey Ferrand. I'm Casey Ferrand. And we always have the pleasure of meeting some amazing people from our city, uh, some great talents, great entrepreneurs and uh, business owners. And today is no different. We have the pleasure of talking to Dr. Lena Joseph Ford, um, the CEO of High Level Speech and Hearing Center. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Um, are you a Nola, you're a Nola girl? I would say so. Yes. That was a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> she actually told me she's from Marrero, but we're not going to hold it against her because thank you. you know we love you all the same. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about yourself, um, just as a professional. What do you do? Sure. So I'm a doctor of audiology. A lot of people don't know what that is. An audiologist is a hearing specialist. And uh, most recently, I'll say in 2007, it was a profession that only required a master's degree, but um, they grandfathered it into the doctoral program. So now you have to receive a doctorate in order to practice and perform any services to any of the patients. So um, some of the things I specialize in include hearing aids, hearing tests, uh, vestibular assessments, which has to do with balance and dizziness, and uh, also oral rehab, which has to do with speech language pathology, as well as a combo of hearing aid devices and mm -hmm. uh, rehabilitation. I love the fact that you say all these big words and then you break it down <laughs> for us because, you know, us regular folk don't know what all that is, but it's important stuff. Yes. I mean, it's something that you have um, dedicated your life to um, because of your own issues or um, experience with speech pathology and speech exactly. impediments. Exactly. And when I was a little girl, I knew I had a speech impediment. And I always tell people that I knew this because I couldn't pronounce the word strawberry. My cousins, because our cousins are our best friends, right? right. They're our first best friends. Well, they are also our first bullies as well. <laughs> and so they would call me strawberry. <laughs> because they knew you couldn't because say it? Because they knew I couldn't say it. And I, I just remember suffering with that for several years until about the seventh grade. And in seventh grade through Jefferson Parish School System, I was able to receive speech therapy services. And uh, it only took me three months mm -hmm. until I was fully, fully healed and fully recovered from that speech impediment. So I made it a goal of mine to provide early intervention services for children so that they don't have to endure the same amount of time that I had to before they receive speech therapy. And how old were you at that time? I was four years old when I was four called strawberry, old. yes. Wait, so you had you had difficulty saying the word strawberry. I did, And yes. you also said you used to have an overbite. I so did. So that affected your speech as well. It did, it did. Very interesting thing, and, and that's sometimes something that I have to remind myself therapists about is that you know there's a there's some type of co collaboration or some type of associations with every single different health system or health part of your body mm -hmm. and for me it was dentistry in my dental work and speech issues the combination of them both that 
it really hindered my speech performance. And so I was able to receive therapy, got braces, and mm-hmm. then I didn't have to worry about the problem so much anymore. And it hasn't been a problem since. So. It hasn't. Exactly. Exactly. It hasn't been a problem since. Three months of intervention and boom, it's gone. And Is that the normal? That's that's not always the normal. It depends on the child. But for me, it was simply that I was an A student, which uh, my mom and I, we believe that that might have been the reason why I was missed for so many years, because I wasn't giving the school system any problems. I was still making really good grades. I wasn't someone who stuck out so much. Right. Mm-hmm. Um the schools tend to focus on the people who have behavioral problems and those who actually have disorders and things that they can see. Mm-hmm. For me, I wasn't that person. I didn't have a behavioral issue. I didn't have a disorder that was visible. It was something that only became visible when I spoke. Right. So um, I think that's why it took so long before they provided me with the therapy. And, and what people don't realize is what comes along with that. So I had self-esteem issues. I had lack of confidence when speaking publicly, which is funny because now I'm here talking to you. you. (laughs) (laughs) I see you at public events all the time now. Yeah. So true. So true. And that's just a testament to what early intervention could do. Mm -hmm. And I just want kids to be able to come into the system without having to worry about that problem at all. And it's amazing how that experience at four years old led to you becoming an audiologist. Exactly. That's the part that kind of like really is astounding is that you it stuck with you so much that you wanted to um, better the lives of other children as you became an adult. Absolutely. Absolutely. So is that why you started the business? That's exactly why I started the business. I just didn't want them to have to go through the same thing that I did. And then talk about day to day. What is life like as Dr. Lana Joseph Ford as an audiologist? (laughs) Well, Because I'm more of the CEO now, I don't get to interact with patients as much. But I'll tell you, it's one of my favorite things about being an audiologist is seeing patients every single day, helping people who walked into my office not being able to hear and are able to leave being able to hear almost normally. Um, That it's just it it brings so much joy to me. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, because I am CEO now, I have to find other ways of getting patient contact and mm-hmm. getting them uh, to come into the office. So like yesterday was my birthday. And birthday. thank you. Thank you. And my team bought a birthday cake for me. So I got all of the patients that were in the waiting room. <laughs> and I, yes, we had a birthday party just for me. And it was so fun That's and so sweet. cute. <laughs> so I know um, you actually have some patients that are pretty popular, pretty well known. Yeah. We'll talk about some of that uh, coming up in the next segment. And we'll also talk about just uh, some of the things you've seen throughout your profession um, uh, as far as hearing problems are concerned within the New Orleans community and specifically among black men and uh, the minority community here. So stick around. We'll be right back with more from Dr. Lena Joseph Ford of High Level Speech and Hearing Center. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to In the Know with Casey Ferrand. We'll be right back. You are listening to a BAM Network Originals, In the Know. Welcome back to In the Know. Here's your host, Casey Ferran. Welcome back to In the Know with Casey Ferran. I'm here with Dr. Lena Joseph Ford of the High Level Hearing and Speech Center. Um, Thank you for being with us again. Thank you again for having me. It's a pleasure (laughs) talking to you about just kind of the work you're doing with um, your your business but also within the community and um you were telling me earlier about 
some of the things you've seen as far as um, hearing disabilities and speech impediments within children right here in New Orleans? I mean, some of the, the numbers and statistics are kind of skewed as it relates to uh, certain communities right here. So tell me a little bit about what you're finding within the school system and uh, children here in New Orleans. Sure. So part of what we do is we go into the school systems, the daycare centers, and we provide the speech and hearing screening services to the uh, different centers. And what we've done in the past, we've started tracking all of that information. So we'll take a bunch of information, we'll throw it on a big Excel spreadsheet, and kind of crunch the numbers. Now, Louisiana statistics show that about 10% of the students in the school system are going to fail. Uh, interestingly enough, with our aggregate reports, I want to fail your hearing test. Yes, the saying? speech okay. and hearing assessments. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And our aggregate reports actually show that that number is much larger. It actually ranges between 15 to 25 percent, depending on which school we're at. So I think that's a very alarming statistic mm-hmm. uh, because one of the other questions is, is it just centered in New Orleans? Is that the statistic in New Orleans? Is it 10% an average across Louisiana? So it, if that's the case, then that shows that in New Orleans we're having a greater uh, problem for with speech and hearing mm-hmm. issues. It's just a, something that we need to really grant more access to. So are students being tested um at a certain age within the school system? Is it a requirement? How does that work? Yes, it is a requirement. The State Education Act requires that students are screened in odd grade levels from pre-K on up until 12th grade. So every year or every other year, depending on what grade they are in, they should be checked for hearing issues. Speech is something that's not assessed as much, which is why I think we have a greater percentage of children who actually fail the speech as opposed to the hearing test. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't re- remember being tested right. often, as right. that often at least when I was younger. I remember eye, eye exams mm-hmm. were kind mm-hmm. of common, but is this new standards or is it's this not. just and something that wasn't practiced as exactly, much as it should have been? Exactly. That's a, a standard that we've had for years, and I do mean years, mm-hmm. and it's something that's not necessarily always done. I will applaud the schools here in New Orleans simply because we're in most of them, and we make sure that those kids receive the services that they otherwise wouldn't have. Right, and you actually have worked with 66 schools and daycares. Yes, we have 66 partners here in the city, and we're very, very happy to have them and support them. And uh, among those partners are larger corporations, larger institutions. And we just we appreciate the fact that we can have access to these kids. And we appreciate the school nurses who provide us with the the access to the kids. And then also, um, what do the statistics say about black males and their issues with um, hearing or speech difficulties? Sure. So I'm, I'm sure there's something around that shows exact numbers, but As a company with High Level Speech and Hearing Center, what we've done is we've tracked um, the number of kids that we have that come into our office for speech therapy as well as the demographics. And what we've seen is that the majority, and I would say maybe about 65% of the children that we provide speech therapy to are black males. And considering some of the... 65%. Yes. And considering some of the other statistics that we'll see, 
Um, some of the other associations that we'll see when you come to race and when you're talking about uh, statuses of being disadvantaged or in disadvantaged situations, I think it's really interesting that that's the population, that's the demographic we're serving. Mm -hmm. So how does that tie into their job placement? How does that tie into their grades? Because if you can't speak and you can't hear, then you can't learn. Mm -hmm. It makes it really difficult to do it. And you may be grouped with, a group that you That's not necessarily should be. That's the other thing that we see so often. I can count on about three hands. <laughs> so about 15 cases so far that I have seen where there have been kids who have been labeled as having behavioral disorders and they actually had a hearing loss or they actually had difficulty with speaking. And it's it's really sad because, like you said, they're automatically grouped somewhere. And it's just if, if with a screening, we can identify it. And if it's someone like me, they can have three months of therapy and they might be completely fine and mm. back to making great grades. Um, one of my kids... I remember when he came in, I remember the school nurse said, oh, that's who you're going to be seeing today? He's bad as hell. And that's a school nurse that says that. And so when I met the kid, of course, I'm assuming, oh, well, he must be someone who's coming in and we're going to have a problem with him. No, great kid found out that he just had hearing loss. Mm -hmm. Gave him some hearing aids, put him on his ears. He's because making if he A's. can't hear, he can't focus on what's happening. In Why would class I focus? And, yeah. Why would I focus? I can't hear what the teacher's saying. Right. So absolutely. And now he told me he wants to be a software engineer. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Success story. Exactly. <laughs> and then um, it just kind of relates to how you got into where you are now. And I know before the break, I promised we would talk about some of your celebrity patients. <laughs> oh yeah. Tell me about <laughs> your work with Drake. And Tank and the Bangas? Oh, yeah. So um, Tank and the Bangas, I'll start off with them. They've been a longtime patient of mine, I'll say, um, or longtime clients of mine. So um, I started really servicing them, I'll say, in 2016 when we first opened. And um, I explained to them the importance of hearing issues as it relates to what they do. And they were very open and receptive to it. And it's true. Like, even with Drake, um, I, I had the pleasure of working with him, which was like a dream come true. And even it, it was just amazing to see how they appreciate how much they appreciated the information that I was able to provide to them. Mm -hmm. um, just about, you know, the importance of taking care of your ears, the importance of cleaning your ears, the importance of not getting on the airplane when you have a cold because that can cause an eardrum rupture. So um, I've been seeing them for a while now and just making sure that the hearing is good so we can listen to that great music that they continue of to put course. out. Of course, we want to keep Drake performing years <laughs> to come and, the, of course, tanking the bangers. Yeah, we love them. <laughs> um, okay, so after the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about the outreach, outreach your business is having within our community. Um, so stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to In the Know with Casey Ferrand. We'll be right back. You are listening to a BAM Network Originals in the know. Welcome back to In the Know. Here's your host, Casey Ferran. All right, welcome back to In the Know. We've been sitting down with Dr. Lena Joseph Ford, um, the CEO of High Level Hearing Center. Um, you have three locations. Yes. Two in New Orleans, one in Harahan. Still looking to open more? Still looking to open more. Expansion is definitely on our radar. We're talking about expanding into Baton Rouge, mm -hmm. and maybe that's something that might come about towards the end of 2019. Okay, we'll keep y'all abreast <laughs> on what's happening over there. Um, but I also wanted to talk a little bit about the the amount of 
people you have reached in this community um, with your services. So far, 20,000 plus patients yes. have come through your doors or you have served in schools. And exactly, exactly. And when you say those numbers, it seems, especially with me being there from the very beginning, and I remember when I was dumpster diving to try to get all of the equipment and all of the uh, furniture and things that we needed and cleaned it up, of course, and reupholstered right. it. But uh, my point is, like, just starting from the very, very bottom and hoping that people would actually allow us an opportunity to see them (laughs) and to serve them. And they have. We have five out of five star ratings on Facebook, Google, healthyhearing.com. We were ranked as 2018 best speech language pathologist. And we just had so much success. And then how long has it been since you've been in business? Only three years. We started in on Martin Luther King Day. So that was January 18th, 2016. And you are flourishing. And we're flourishing. Yes. You're, um, you're also donating money to yes. local pro- projects, community projects. How much yes. money has been put toward um, efforts in this community? We've put about $50,000, if not more than that, towards community efforts. And that's just because we really, really wanted to support the community and everything that we possibly could support them in. If it's a health initiative, if it's donating to the school so that the kids could go to Costa Rica, so oh, they wow. could learn about other cultures, we're, we're doing it all. And we're intentionally doing it because our goal in our focus is to support the community, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, you've been working on um, an initiative, the Village Initiative, yes. to collaborate with other medical professionals and bring those services together that are um, – sometimes collaborative and you even experience with your with your issues pack in the past so talk about that initiative the village initiative sure so with the village initiative our goal is to collaborate with other healthcare providers whether it's a physician whether it's a mental health specialist uh, if it's a dentist a chiropractor we want to make sure that we provide all of the kids and our adults with resources to other health care providers just just because of the reason that, like you mentioned, with, with me, I had a speech impairment, but I also had an overbite. But I wouldn't have never known that the overbite and the speech impairment were associated. I would have never known that. Thankfully, I had a great dentist and a great speech therapist who recommended that I go to that dentist. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to make sure that we provide our adults, our children, with the resources through those other physicians and healthcare providers out there in the community. Where is that? Um, is that a central location, or is it just kind of a collaborative effort? It's a collaborative effort. We because everything is an app nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, we created an app so that we can collaborate with the physicians and healthcare providers. So it's a referral program. It is. Okay. It is. It's so, a referral system. So if you have a patient who comes to you who has an issue and you see that there's a need somewhere else, you can refer them out to other. Exactly. Medical professionals. Exactly. We do it anyway, but now we have an organized way of doing it. It's a, so it's an app called Village Initiative. Yes. Okay. You can download that on. I'm assuming Apple and Google Play and all those stores. Yes, but it is something that's only allowed uh, to be downloaded by our physicians okay. and our healthcare providers in the network. So it's unfortunately it's not that available or accessible okay. to other. Um, other patients it's and folks for in the community. Use. It's for internal <laughs> use. And it gets the job done. Right, yeah, because you can easily communicate with each other. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and then also you're working on an employer health program, yes. which obviously healthcare and um, insurance is always one of those issues. It's something that's hard to come by. Um, and if you don't have an employer that provides it, 
you could go weeks, months, years without seeking medical treatment because you can't afford it. That's so true. And we see that all the time. I can, can't tell you how many times we've had patients come in and they've needed assistance in some kind of way because they, they have a good job, a great job, but the insurance isn't except like we're not a provider in a network mm-hmm. or the insurance just refuses to pay. So we've created kind of like a gap insurance program for employers uh, so they can offer it to their employees as well as their customers. Okay, And this mm-hmm. is accepted at most medical providers? No, it's accepted at high level speech and hearing oh, center. Your pres- okay. Yeah, so it's gotcha. something that's very specific to what we're doing. And it, it's just because we want to create access for everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that anyone should have a barrier just because the cost of the care is too high. So we want to find a way to solve that problem. We don't want any of our patients or any of our community members in our community to have issues with accessing us. How much does it cost for out-of-pocket if a patient did need to get um, testing that isn't offered in a school or any um, daycare? It depends on where they go, right? Okay. So it can be anywhere from $100 all the way up to $250. If they need a hearing aid device, which most insurances don't cover, then it could be anywhere from 1500 to $3,000. Wow. So it can get really expensive. So that's another reason why we want to make sure that we offer this program to people who work really hard, honestly. Um, and the only issue is that their insurance might not cover the cost of the service. Should adults be taking advantage of this, too? Definitely, definitely. Adults should be taking advantage of it. Children, the adults can have their children or their family members who are intermediate family participate in it. That's why we didn't want to have it only centered around the employees, but also have the employers uh, able to access it um, or offer it, I mean, to their their customers. All right. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, um, you are not only a a CEO, you're a doctor, you're an entrepreneur. And I want to talk a little bit more after the break about uh, some of the work you're doing to help um, promote entrepreneurship among our young people in New Orleans. So we'll uh, we'll talk to you more about that after the break. Stick around. You're listening to In the Know with Casey Ferrand. We'll be right back. You're listening to a BAM Network Originals. In the Know. Welcome back to In The Know. Here's your host, Casey Ferran. Welcome back to In The Know. I'm Casey Ferran. We're here with Dr. Lena Joseph Ford, who is a close personal friend of Drake. Um, <laughs> she told us about that a little earlier. What is that like? You've met him. Like, I mean, you've worked with him up close and personal. So what's yes. he like? Yes, I have. He's he's a really nice guy. Yeah. Um, not so much what you would expect from someone who... I mean, it has a Grammy and also <laughs> over $100 million, right? And lots of fans. And lots of fans <laughs> and could pretty much walk in anywhere and get whatever you want. And right. be recognized. <laughs> right, yeah. right. He's, he's a very nice guy. His entire team, the entire OVO crew, they're very nice people. Um, and I, I love being part a partner of theirs. How did that even come about? It was just a matter of knowing someone who knew someone. Uh-huh. Um, and, and also a matter of just doing things the right way right. and doing a good job at Having it. Having a good reputation at what you do. That's right. And so basically what you do for him is, I guess, provide earpieces for That's stage. That's right. Okay. That's exactly what I do. So the custom earpiece that he's wearing now, the mold, I created that mold. Okay. Yeah. You famous. <laughs> you on stage every night with Drake. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, So I know, I mean, you have um, created a platform to 
teach and encourage entrepreneurship among young adults and um, even children, teens in our community. And you're um, working with a part on a partnership with uh, Nord. Yes. Talk about that a little bit and what sure. you're working on. Sure. So we started our partnership with Nord about three years ago. Um, so from the very beginning, the first summer that we were actually open and in the partnership, our, our goal was to provide speech and hearing services to the kids over the summer, mm -hmm. because obviously over the summer, they're not at school. And the majority of them, if they're getting services in school, they're not getting it elsewhere, mm -hmm. although we do encourage it. But more than likely, it's not happening due to transportation issues. Mom might not be able to get off from work and bring them over to another clinic to receive speech therapy. So they get it done right there in the school. Well, to avoid the kids from missing anything and not receiving uh, the therapy, we created, uh, I guess, a, a summer enrichment type of speech therapy and hearing program where they would be provided the service and they won't have to worry about trying to start from scratch once they begin the next semester, the next school semester. Okay. So you just like the summer, you, you kind of exactly. lose everything you did the year before because you're not continuing that. You don't use it, you lose it. That's right. right. That's exactly. right. And there's no one telling, instructing the kid and telling them, hey, don't hold your tongue like that or put your tongue between your teeth or, hey, make sure you put your hearing aid on so mm -hmm. you can go and have have class and listen and be able to hear your teacher. So it's it's a way for us to keep them in the rhythm of things. Gotcha. And let's touch on that a little bit too, the, the signs that a child may need um, to be tested or may have uh, an impediment. Sure. What can parents look for? So with a speech impediment, some of the signs for children that are really young, because, uh, you know, it's one thing when a child can say, hey, I feel like I can't hear or, hey, my ear hurts. But it's another thing when you're talking about babies who mm -hmm. can't really advocate for themselves. So some of the signs would be like maybe pulling on their ears, tapping on their ears, excessive crying. Speech language delay is a sign of ear infection issues. So that's something that we really pay close attention to. That's a question we always ask on the case history whenever we see kids. Hey, how, how often do they have an ear infection? Because likely those are related. The mm -hmm. speech speech delay and ear infections are really the, related. In fact, um, it is known that by the age of one years old, at least one third of children have had at least one ear infection. And so, it may have not been detected. Uh, hopefully, it was detected. Okay. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just oh, they're crying. They can communicate why. So sometimes it goes unnoticed. Mm -hmm. Which is sad, mm -hmm. and that's why you continue to do the work and advocate on their Exactly, behalf. and that's why they should have annual testing done. A baby cannot tell you, can they can't vocalize that, hey, my ear hurts. No, you. so that's why it's important to have an annual hearing test mm -hmm. done. That's why it's important to have the school screenings. That's another reason why the state made that a rule and regulation for the school system to follow is because they can't advocate for themselves. Right. Just like my baby I was telling you guys about earlier, that he couldn't express himself. He couldn't say, oh, I have a hearing loss because hearing loss occurs gradually. Maybe he thought that that was just the way that everybody hears. Mm -hmm. Who knows if he didn't know any different. Right, that's true. And then also, um, I, know I wanted to leave some time for you to talk about your encouragement of young people and how they can grow uh, $1 million net worth by the age of 30. I'm, you know, <laughs> I wish I could have got there. Didn't make it. Didn't make the cut. But how, how are you um, 
teaching this? How is this a possibility? Sure. So one thing that we're going to do this year, it's something very new, is we're going to partner with whoever we can. We're thinking NARD right now uh, to provide entrepreneur camps. And I I do believe I'm I'm very passionate about entrepreneurship. So I truly believe that the combination of education and entrepreneurship can lead to overcoming challenges. I grew up in a single parent household in the hood of Marrero, which I am not embarrassed about at all. So represent Marrero. It's so funny when people talk about where they came from, their whole voice and just everything just changed. Everything, code switching. Yes, code switching. Code switch. <laughs> right quick. And so so I, I had to utilize my education to propel me. But I always tell people I'm successful because I am a doctor, but I'm free because I'm an entrepreneur. And that freedom comes with not having any debt because I was able to create these businesses that grew and resulted in good financial productivity. Mm -hmm. And now I'm able to take the same money and invest it back into the community. So I think a combination of education, entrepreneurship, and remembering where you came from so that you can always give back to your community. I think those are key things. It's like a cycle. The Mm -hmm. more you give, the more you receive. It's true. And it's definitely proof in your life of what you've been doing. Um, And so I'm still trying to find out how to become a millionaire. Before sure. 30. Sure. So, okay. So I can give a couple of <laughs> quick, quick tips. tips, quick tips. Uh, number one is make sure you're always putting your money in interest earning accounts. Okay. So always do that. So your savings account should be interest earning? Make sure it earns you some interest. If it's 0.2%, you look for another savings account. Look for another one. Number two is paying back your student loans. Mm -hmm. It's something that people don't want to do. I'm almost done. Yeah, you know, (laughs) it's something people don't want to do, but you have to do it. You have to get rid of the bad debt before you can collect the good debt. Mm -hmm. And what's good debt? That leads me to my point number three, invest in real estate. That's one of the quickest ways to gain wealth. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Ms. Landon, Dr. Joseph. Oh, it's my pleasure. (laughs) All right. After the break, we'll talk to you more about your love of New Orleans and your efforts to give back to this community awesome. all right stay with us you're listening to in the know with casey Ferrand. we'll be right back you're listening to a bam network originals in the know welcome back to in the know here's your host casey Ferrand. welcome back to in the know i'm casey Ferrand. i'm here with dr lena joseph ford um, owner, CEO of High Level Hearing and Learning Center. High Level Speech and Hearing Center. High Level he- Speech and Hearing Center. Uh, where can people find you? Sure. So I can be found. Um, we have a couple of offices. And uh, <laughs> the first office that uh, we opened w- was in Harahan. So they can visit the Harahan office. It's 5640 Jefferson Highway. Or they can visit the Uptown office, which is located at 4219 Magnolia Street. In the Uptown office, we have two offices, one that's pediatric and one that's adult. So We didn't touch more much on that, the, um, the needs for adults to seek um, yeah. treatment or, you know, get tested. Yeah. What, what's the prevalence among older adults? Oh, my goodness. So I would say about the age of 65 is when older adults start to realize they have hearing loss. Because hearing loss occurs gradually, it's something that doesn't just happen all of a sudden and they aren't, you know, you don't wake up most of the time. Mm -hmm. You don't wake up and say, oh, I have hearing loss. So that's why we have to always get our hearing checked, just like we get our teeth cleaned every year, get our um, our annuals as women, get those done. Your annual for hearing should be done the same way. It should be done every single year to just make sure that there is no hearing loss. All right. And then um, 
the next thing I wanted you to do is um, we're going to talk about your love story. Your love of New Orleans. This is okay. something I like to like give everyone a chance to do and just talk about why they love New Orleans. And you're from New Orleans, of course. Yes. Where'd you go to high school again? John Eric High School John in Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> we know the place. <laughs> and you you went to college away? I did. I, well, I started off at Xavier and Hurricane Katrina hit and yeah. ruined my freshman year. And so (laughs) I ended up at Nickel State, which is where I met my sweetheart. So um, I don't regret that. Of course. And after Nickel State, that's when I went to UNO, got my master's degree in business administration. And then I went to Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, I thought you were going to say in Washington State. I'm like, oh, no. No, no. But then you came back home. I did. And started your businesses here, of course. Because I did. why? I had to come back home to my people. Right. And I would always say that when I was in Atlanta doing my residency. And then I had to kind of think about it. And I'm like, oh, I hope they don't take offense to that. But it's true. I, New Orleans, the culture here, the people here, it's my love for the people. Um, that made me want to come back. It, it's just irreplaceable. Mm-hmm. I remember I was walking uh, to the VA hospital. I was doing an internship there, and there was this gentleman who was. We were both at a red light because there's stuff for you know jaywalking over there. Right. And <laughs> and the gentleman he he sees me and he sees that I'm walking across the street on this red light, and I turn around to, at him and he starts to follow me. He's I'm like hey, don't come following behind me now and get hit by a car. And I was joking. Mm-hmm. Now, if I would tell you that, you yeah. would laugh. But he immediately he immediately said, oh, I'm not following behind you. Like, he was, like, snappy about it. I was like, <laughs> okay, this is my last time joking with y'all St. Louis folks, you know. They so don't get it. They don't get it. So it's just a different vernacular. It's different different way that we do things. I remember um, in St. Louis, early was late. <laughs> and on oh, early early I'm sorry early was on time and late was on wait how did how does it go early was if you're on time yes. you're late yes. if you're late you know what I'm saying yeah yes. that one <laughs> <laughs> and I was like what see I can't even understand it see I can't even phantom that right cuz we just come when, know, whenever, whenever the party starts, yeah, we're there. We're so, there. We yeah. are the party. <laughs> we bring the party. Favorite thing is people. Okay, so I have Five rapid-fire questions for you. Uh-oh. This is the fun part. <laughs> okay. okay. So give me your first response. Don't think about it. But jazz or bounce? Bounce. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> so, <laughs> bounce. So what's on your playlist right now? Oh, my goodness. Probably not either of those. Bounce or jazz. You'd be surprised. Really? Yeah. I listen to bounce music. Uh, shout out to Big Freak. To hype you up. Yes, I do. Whenever I exercise. And yes, yes, ma'am. And I then do. you're a West Banker, <laughs> so I'm going to ask you this. Yes. Ferry or Crescent City Connection? Ooh. Crescent City Connection. It's faster. It is. But you don't get the, like, experience of the breeze through your hair. Now, like. before the one dollar, like, when we had to pay oh, a yeah. dollar, it was definitely the ferry. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. See, that was not long ago uh-huh. that they finally got away with, done away with the, um, the ferry toll. I mean, the um Used to the take it toll. every Saturday. Every Saturday. Took the so ferry. you took the ferry into town on All weekends? All the time. All the time. By yourself or with your parents? By myself and with my parents. <laughs> Okay, five-star restaurant or na- neighborhood joint? Neighborhood joint. What? Which ones? Anyone. <laughs> you don't have a favorite? I, like, I mean, in New Orleans, though, like, there's no big, like, not a whole lot of big chain restaurants mm-hmm. anyway. So, like, no. we can eat any local spot and it's exactly. just like a neighborhood joint anyway. Exactly. Right. 
Okay, Mardi Gras or Super Sunday? Ooh, Super Sunday. Super Sunday. Were you big on that growing up? No, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. That's why it's hard for me to, you know, because I had never experienced Super Sunday before. Me either. You know? Oh! I know. I, gr- I grew up in the East. You knew that. So there wasn't, my, there wasn't much of the gotcha. New Orleans culture there. Like, you had to come into the city to get it. And yeah. Same. Same on the West Bank. <laughs> We're, like, so far removed. <laughs> and it's so crazy. We act like it's so far to go to get to the All city the or to the East or to the West Bank. And people don't want to go. I, like, All to this the day, time. I don't really care to go to Same. come to work on the West Bank. <laughs> <laughs> I, love the, I love the West Bank. I get it, yeah. <laughs> So uh, we're wrapping up, but again, where can people, um, how can they follow you on social media? Anything? Sure. So I, on my Instagram at Dr. J, the hearing doc on Facebook at Dr. Lena Joseph. And they can also visit our website for our company. It's www.highlevelhearingnola.com. All right, Dr. Joseph, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This I, fun. I can't wait to see everything else you're getting involved in and what you're doing in the community. Thank you. All right, after the break, be uh, stay right here. We'll have Tracy Wiley with more of What's to Know in the Know. We'll be right back. You're listening to In the Know with Casey Varand. We'll be right back. You're listening to a BAM Network Originals. In the Know. Welcome back to In the Know. Here's your host, Casey Ferrand. All right, welcome back to In the Know with Casey Ferrand. We're here with my girl, Tracy Wiley, for more of What's to Know in the Know. And you know what? This week I asked you to talk about, I asked you this question, and you didn't want to answer it. And I was like, well, why not? But there's something that all New Orleanians identify with, yeah. and that is what what high school you went to. What high school you went to. Like when you ask someone where they went to school, the question usually means where they went to high school. Yeah, like – it's the same thing. I always, it's funny when I ask people, you know, well, who, who's your people? What's your last name? It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I mean, I went to a very small little school that um, isn't even in existence anymore. So, yeah. we actually found out we went to the same high school. Same. I went there from third grade until I graduated. So, it was like a K through 12 school, small Christian school in New Orleans East that is no longer in existence. No, not at all. <laughs> But, yeah, that's crazy. I didn't even realize that, you know, other people went to the school other than the people I knew there because my class was, like, 25 people. Yeah, that's pretty much right. I mean, and the thing is, like, I didn't hang with any – I mean, I had, a you know, the kids that I saw every day, but all of my other friends, like my neighborhood mm-hmm. friends, they were, like, at Redeemer or, you know, 35 or mm-hmm. St. Mary's. So yeah. I was always at their function. Yeah. So you got to experience, like – you know, the talent shows and like, you know, dance school dances and stuff like that. So I need I need some insight. Like I didn't get that. Like I feel like I missed out as a child because my school, as you know, didn't have like school dances. We had a homecoming. Right. And there was no music. And there was no music. We weren't allowed to dance. We took pictures and gave out like awards for yeah. best hair best dress person no I that's you know that's one thing I, I definitely miss and I'm curious to know if the kids these days still have that um we will always be at school dances at football games um meet up at the plaza 
talent shows. Like I, I remember dressing up with my girlfriends, like dressing alike, going mm-hmm. to talent yeah. shows. Yeah, I, well, I didn't do. I did dress alike when I had the opportunity to dress alike with, because we had, you know, uniforms. But yeah, that was good times. Kid, I don't think kids these days have that. No, a lot has changed. I have a, a godchild. She's seventeen, and she goes to what is it? Um, the school on the West Bank. Uh, you don't even know the name. No, wait, wait. Car. She goes oh, to yeah. car. Okay, of course. Yeah, she goes to car, and she's she loves it. Um, and she definitely has a lot of school pride. And I know that's back in the day that mm-hmm. you know you repped your school real, real hard at football games. You know, if you went to three five, you repped it really, really hard. But that's the thing. Car is one of those schools that has been around and is still around and hasn't really much changed, like names or locations. Yeah. Um, has it? It may have changed locations, but there's not that like long-standing history and attachment to schools in New Orleans like there once was. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like the people who I know that went to um uh Kennedy. My parents went to Kennedy. They they and they probably still to this day rep their school. Like yeah. they are going to their but reunions. Like Kennedy was gone after Katrina. Mm-hmm. But now it's like they've made Lake Area School the Kennedy campus yeah I know that's the thing though like so many of these schools got taken over by charter school organizations and like changed the names and they don't necessarily have the same history a lot of them tried to keep the names per se but not yeah not really they try to keep some type of attack I guess the names on the building but that's about it but a lot of the buildings are new yeah I mean I look at like John Mack that's bricolage now so, I mean, but yet you still have John Mack on the front, but again, it's it's not the same. It's not those same neighborhood schools like we used to have. <laughs> neighborhood schools, that's no longer a thing because kids get bused from uptown to Gentilly, from the east to uptown. It's yeah. just... I, I woke up one morning to go work out early, like at 5, 5.30, and when I saw a little kid, she had to have been like six, seven years old, standing at the bus stop. I was like, really? Is that what we're doing now? Mm-hmm. And like you said, this kid's probably getting bused from Gentilly to... I got to pick up all the kids all around town. Bring, yeah, that sucks. But it's kind of the system we're in now. I think I don't know. I don't know if it'll ever really go back to what it once was. That's why they, That's why it's called nostalgic. That's a good conversation to have, though. We should talk to somebody about that, right? <laughs> Other than ourselves. Right. <laughs> Wait, okay, so I know, I know this is um, a a subject that neither of us really like to talk about like what school we went to <laughs> because our school was so small nobody really knew what it was but so you know the, you know that old school song DJ Jubilee like what's the name of your school what did you used to say Booker T <laughs> are you serious <laughs> I had the same uniform oh that's smart <laughs> we did have the same uniform <laughs> so I would um yeah you used to lie so I guess, uh, yeah, I, I used to actually say, I used to rap my school. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Since Tracy won't say it, I went to Faith Christian Academy. I went to Word of Faith Academy. But I, you know what? I also used, now to this day, like when people ask me what school I went to, I don't really say that. I say NOCA because I went to NOCA for a musical theater. And people know NOCA. So it's easier to say that and have a connection to that than like a school nobody ever yeah. knew existed. <laughs> It's not there anymore. There's actually a, a church that's there now, another church that's there now. But, yeah, the good old days. 
I miss the good old days. I do. Yeah. The kids these days will never know it. Nope. <laughs> Wait, your kids are um. We don't want to tell people where your kids go to school. Anyway. Yeah, but they're in they're in small private schools. School. Yeah, I bring them. Yeah, I'm I'm fortunate to drop them off and pick them up. So, I don't. Yeah, I'm a tired mom. I am a tired mom. So it's worth it, though. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you for being here today. And thank you all for listening to In the Know with Casey Ferran. Make sure you tune in next week. I'm Casey Ferran, and this is In the Know. This has been a BAM Network production, produced by BAM Communications. For other BAM Network shows, visit bamcommunications.com.